Welcome to Featured in 15's Feel Good Podcast. Featured in 15 is a community project where we bring a rich mix of individuals to share their stories in 15 minutes. We've taken the spirit of Featured in 15 and put it into this Feel Good Podcast. Welcome to Featured in 15's Feel Good Podcast. I'm Maya. And I'm Helen. And on today's show, we've got Wayne Perry, better known as the TV Carpenter. And he shares how he's transitioned from stage and screen to the small screen as a carpenter. So welcome to Wayne Perry, otherwise known as the TV Carpenter. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me on your podcast. Hi, Wayne. Hey. <laughs> so we we have known Wayne for quite a long time. Actually, I think, Wayne, I've known you since playgroup days, potentially, um, which if people don't know, I'd uh, started a playgroup in our local area, which is how I also met Helen. Clearly, I'm meeting some really good people at playgroups. Yes, in, in South East <laughs> London. In the bed of creativity. <laughs> but Wayne has also, you, you've um, kindly sung for us. You've been a real supporter of Featured in 15, but we are really excited to hear about your kind of transition into being this uh, amazing TV carpenter. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, your background and, and where you are now? Um, my background, so it's interesting like you saying I sang for you guys for the Featured in 15 with my wife Anna originally. Um, and that was probably the last one of the last times I sang, I think. Um, and, it, and I hadn't sung for a while since you guys asked me to do it. Um, so my background, I originally trained as an actor. I went to musical theatre college in London. And I and I worked um, well. That's about twenty years ago. So my age. Uh, <laughs> we don't talk age. That. Yeah, we don't talk age and wage. I was told in, <laughs> in the industry. Oh wait. Um, but yeah, so I I worked. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We don't say, yeah, we don't talk any though. of those things. Uh, yeah, but obviously, yeah, so twenty years. I I trained as an actor, and it's actually as a kid, you know, it's one of the only things I could do. I wasn't academic, but I could sing, and people stopped and listened. And I think as a kid, that's all you want, isn't it? You want to be noticed and wanting. Well, you know, you, you want to be good at something. And, and I found, luckily, I found something that I loved, and um, I was fortunate enough to go to drama college. And then from drama college, I left college early and did um, shows in the West End, shows like Rent and um, Bombay Dreams, and loads of different stuff. And then from doing Bombay Dreams or doing different various shows, I then moved into the world of TV and worked on TV shows like DL and Pasco. I was in that for two and a half years as an actor um, and did the usual Casualty, Holby and all of these these shows. And, and on paper, my acting career and performing career was brilliant. You know, I, I remember me and Anna doing a talk at um, a drama college going back and doing a, a master class and you reel off your CV so the kids know why, you know, you're there teaching them. I remember both me and my wife Anna sat there and looked after we'd reeled off what we'd done. We went, this is all right, actually. Mm. We, we, we did all right. And if someone had told me I'd have had the performing career that we've had, you know, when I first left drama college, I'd have bitten the hand off and gone, hell yeah, that's... It's an amazing career. So um, I was really proud of the performing career. And actually, to be honest, couldn't imagine ever doing anything else. It was, you know, if someone had told me I, w I would be, you know, be a, be a carpenter, I'd be like, nah, it's not, you know, the singing and performing. I can't imagine giving, giving that up. And then what happened about 
10, 10, 11 years ago when my daughter Eva, uh, we've got one daughter, and when she was first born, it was when the credit crunch hit. And, you know, we literally had no money. It was all, you know, like, like we're going, going through a recession now. It was, you know, a big crash then. And we were renovating the house and the bank had decided not to lend us the money that they had agreed and buy about 20 grand short. So we were, we had a house... Anna was had just given birth. We were actually living with uh, a friend's house because the house was in total disarray. We had no kitchen, we had no doors. And I thought, well, the only thing I can do is just do it myself. So I literally was the DIYer and kind of learn how to do it all. But to be fair, to preface it, my dad is a builder. So I could ring him up and go, Dad, how do I do this? And, and I learned how to hang doors, fit kitchens and started doing carpentry and realised I was quite good at it. And and then once, you know, that had kind of passed, my wife Anna pimped me on Facebook saying that my husband's <laughs> free for work. You know, you know, we've not got no money coming in. My wife was a performer, so she wasn't working um, for like two years because she's a dancer primarily and, and singer but she you know she a year of being pregnant and then a year of having our, our daughter first year we it was like I was the sole breadwinner and ended up doing carpentry and, and odd jobs for people in their house and then and it kind of rolled into that and I, I started doing more and more carpentry but always rolling alongside my my performing it was something that kind of rolled alongside and I did them both at the same time um but yeah so that's how it kind of I, it started really and at the time I was like I say I was still performing and still doing carpentry as well and then the the sort of tv work how how did that you know, if, if um, perhaps you could share some of the, the uh, programmes you've been on. I think I know it's, uh, is it Alan Titchmarsh, Love Your yeah. Garden? Yes, I, yeah, I so do like to watch that on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> we love a Not good makeover I show. I do any work in my garden, but, uh, you know, I just live vicariously through these programmes. No, I think a lot of people do. Um, so the TV thing came about by accident so I was doing some carpentry for this guy private client just doing some putting some shelves up and I didn't know but he was a tv producer and he said to me look we're doing a brand new interior design makeover show do you mind being on tv we find it really hard to find builders who want to be who can be on tv and you're like and darling have you met me <laughs> I, well there's an element of that but also there's an element of i didn't want anyone to know i was an actor because if as a carpenter if you go into that industry and they know you're an actor then they almost think i'm acting at being a carpenter mm. so mm. i didn't so that show was a show called um the great interior design challenge it was on bbc2 and it ran for about four years so that was the first series so i ended up working on that show as a tv carpenter and you get to they have um contestants and each contestant gets given a builder and i was the builder that was on camera with them making over their room for the you know like a three-day makeover so i worked on that show and then but what was interesting i remember finishing that first series and i hadn't told anyone as an actor i'd proved myself as a carpenter you know i was really proud of the carpentry i'd done i felt like i'd winged it on a wing and a prayer but you just kind of you know you fake it till you make it almost and i um i remember the last shoot of that first series 
as everyone does when you finish a job, they go, what are you doing next? And I was like, oh, well, I'm off to do Emmerdale. And they're like, oh, you're building the set for Emmerdale. I was like, no, I've got a guest lead in it as an actor. <laughs> and they were like, what? And then, then all of the kind of penny dropped and they realised why I knew my way around a camera and how not to stack shots and things like that and getting people's lights. But what was nice then is, like I said, I'd proved myself as a carpenter. I'd got a really good name for myself as a carpenter. And the acting was just a little sideline and a comedy like thing that I did for, to them. Um, but then from that it moved on to doing other interior design shows so there was a new one on recently called Interior Design Masters with Fern Cotton and then I through the connections within this world I ended up doing a garden show Uh, my first one was Autistic Gardener for Channel 5 and then did yeah Alan Titchmarsh I do that and I do all the Southern Gardens and I've done that for three years and the Charlie Dimmock and Rich Brothers um, Love Your Garden um, on BBC so I'm one of the only few well I'm to be fair I think in this world it's quite a small world because the garden producers and the makeover producers tend to be the same teams and same kind of production companies so I'm the only person who does both gardens and interior design makeover shows so I've got quite a unique insight into the makeover world um, but it's it's just funny how I've ended up being back on TV, but in a total different guise, doing totally mm. different things, but still feel like I'm part of that world in, in a really interesting way. You've blossomed, haven't you? Like, quite I, literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I, it was interesting. I, I only recently officially gave up acting about a year ago, and I think I'm more happy cutting wood on TV than I ever was doing D'Alan Pasco, which at the time was a primetime BBC drama filmed on film, you know, and it was before before Netflix. These were big TV shows. Um, and so it's, it's, it's just crazy how what I'm doing now, I get far more from, far more enjoyment, and I feel... I feel far more empowered in in a totally different Mm. way and I'm beholden to to what I want to do in in a way that as an actor you're you kind of waiting constantly for someone to give you a job and for approval whereas you know I still have to interview to a stage I still have to you know my carpentry has to be good enough to be on these tv shows but if I write to a, a casting producer of a makeover show generally they ring me back and talk to me or say oh, there's nothing right for you now or you know whereas if I did that with a casting director for an acting gig I'm just one of many thousand actors out there who you know d- might or might not fit the bill for a role that they they need so it's I've got a lot more control in this world um, and it's not to say that I wanted to control but it's just nice to know that my hard work if I put hard work in the carpentry business it pays back um, which is very different to the acting world. And also just having that set, that security because it must have been really um, terrifying actually that you're both in a in an industry that is cut cutthroat, especially when Anna was pregnant and you know and I think that when hard times hit, a bit like what we're in now is that you kind of have to be more agile, don't you? You have to sort of really think about how you're going to work moving forward. So it's amazing that you were able 
to really do that and harness into another skill. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. And it, it just, you know, I've always been the kind of person who has to earn a living. I've, you know, even when I was at college, I, you know, I worked. I've always, I've never been a person to sit back. And I remember when I think one of the hardest times was obviously love the credit crunch hit, and we were maxed out on all the credit cards. And eventually, you know, with the house, it all worked out in the end. We got there. But I remember Eva was six months old, and there was, you know, Anna wasn't in in shape to get back into dancing again and I and there was nothing on the horizon I was doing the odd bit of acting role play in the city and um, and I remember taking a job at TGI Fridays and I knew that if I worked on a weekend the tip money from serving people chicken wings would buy us food for the week you know and it was literally it was hand to mouth but saying that there was an element me and Anna look back on that time had been really fond because actually when you're in the acting industry you're working six days a week you're away from each other the only jobs that potentially I was being offered as an actor all be them lead roles in certain shows but they were on tour and I remember turning down two jobs because it would have taken me on the road away from my wife and new baby so I was like mm. do you know what I'd rather be at home and be skin and earn you know a bit of money to pay you know to get some food from CJ Friday than actually be on tour away playing the lead because what's the point in that what's the point of having a baby and doing doing all that amazing stuff with your family if you don't get to enjoy it so yeah to answer your question it was just I think what's nice now as an act as a, a carpenter is I can always earn a living, I, and I and I realised that, and I and I all my private, you know, my, the, my kind of social media posts that I put on our local social media is we've got an amazing mums groups on this place in, in where we live, and if I have ever have a quiet week, I literally can put on there. Does any of you mums need some new storage in your house? Oh my god, the Facebook goes crazy and literally <laughs> and, and and luckily because I've built up quite a nice reputation and and also because it's my local area a lot of people know me and my kid goes to the local schools I'm not you know they, they trust me because I don't want to mess that up so I I realized that I can always earn a living working locally and you know I do a good job I go in there and create something beautiful for them and then step away so knowing that I can always earn a living even in this tricky time that we're in now I'm finding really interesting ways to earn a living and you know by you know and but still by using my carpentry skills so but you're very um resourceful in the sense that you know you you, you set up the DIY doers mm-hmm. can you talk talk to us about that yeah so the DIY doers was set up about five years ago because we realized uh, i started with my business partner steph bron who's actually a, a plumber but she was a ballet dancer and she went in the west end and i met her through working for her husband who was an actor but we set up the DIY doers to we realized there was a gap in the market for teaching people basically a bad reputation in the industry you know it's disasters and all sorts and you know and i think generationally it, you know it's kind of skipped a generation back in the day our grandparents or parents would get involved and fix stuff of today yes yeah, so, um just generationally um it shifted you know i think people got to a habit of paying for things to be done and and lost the skill of doing things themselves and also then just became became scared of doing stuff so we set it up where we empowered people it was more about the geekiness of diy and encouraging you to pick up the tools have a go and have fun doing it and without the fear of getting things wrong and we created a a facebook group called the diy doers club where a bit like mum's net for diy where you can go on and ask any questions without fear of being laughed at and being 
you know picked up and carried along the way so this DIY um, element has been something that throughout my whole career I've I've dropped in and teaching people and empowering people is I think that's made me quite unique in this TV world as well is there's no one out there actively encouraging people to have a go and I think that's been quite a good brand marketing point for me as well trying to take that Amazing. step further with your podcast now. yes so the, the, the podcast i no set up a, you, Wayne. i know yeah, well, no. well well i think what happened was <laughs> six months ago like a year six months ago i stopped acting i officially hung up my acting shoes and i had slowly been doing that anyway by limiting the kind of acting jobs i was going to go for i kind of said to my agent i don't want to do any theater it doesn't cost that you don't get paid that much and also you're away from home or you're six days a week and, and also my wife theatre and she's very good at it and for both of us to be doing theatre with a child who's going to put her to bed every night so we just made that decision that I wouldn't do theatre I'd just do tv and commercials and what happened was about a year ago my agent sent me through a casting my acting agent for a tv gig it was a film with Colin Firth and I'd pretty much got the gig I just needed to meet the director to have a chat with him before filming started and my first reaction was oh, I can't be asked and I thought <laughs> if if that is my initial reacting to a gig at any other time would be hands down would be the best thing in the world I just thought I shouldn't do this anymore. So a year ago, I, I said to my agent, look, should we knock, knock it on the head? And he was amazing. He was like, I could see this coming a mile off. You you know, you're doing really well in what you're doing. I, let's come into the office, have a glass of champagne and we'll celebrate your new, your new role as a carpenter. So I, once I'd done that with my acting agent and had, didn't have to feel like I had to leave my diary free or be available in case a casting came in or in case a, another big gig came in acting wise, I could solely concentrate on me as a carpenter, me as a, a TV carpenter. I then made a few shifts in my head and kind of went, what do I need to do? And I realised what was the dream? The dream for me was always, you know, and work back from that. So my dream was, I want to be the DI, the handy Andy of this generation. I want to be the guy who, who is the guy on this morning who teaches you DIY skills. I want to present a makeover show. So I had these, these dreams that I'd never really voiced before, but suddenly a year ago went, cause I'm not acting anymore. And it's quite nice, good, brain check to do that I think and I think I hadn't allowed myself to do that so as soon as I did that I worked back um, and so I created this kind of brand for myself the TV carpenter because that's what I am it's what I do um, like I say I work on both makeover shows garden and interior design and then I thought well how can I get my brand out there and we've got so many amazing friends who do podcasts like the scummy mummies for example or you know there's lots of amazing people I'm who use now, a podcast obviously. as of and and of course you and actually it was me you know we, we've chatted <laughs> a lot about you guys doing this podcast (laughs) no because we've gone you need to do this because it would be brilliant to Mm. open you guys out and you know and I've listened to this podcast and I think it really sums up what you guys are what you do open us out Oh, so you just zip it, love. Yes, yes. <laughs> Limiting. Are you on the wine already? Worried. Um, no, she's worried. Um, so, so yeah. So I decided to create the podcast to create a brand for me that was. Um, instant and and would open up doors that would introduce me to people. If people wanted to search and find me, they'd find this this podcast that that summed up everything that I do. And I've got to say, they from the moment I started it, 
the the people I've met, the introductions that I've, you know, you can shamelessly, like you did with me, you can shamelessly ring people up and go, I'm doing a podcast, would you be on it? And people love talking about themselves. <laughs> people love talking about what they know when they're fat. Um, I, I wanted to meet the Sunday Times interior design in, for the Sunday Times. And uh, someone told me, if you want to meet these people, you need to follow them on Instagram and, and Twitter. I followed her on, on Twitter, got chatting with her, and she commented on something about tattoo fixers. And I built the set and helped design the set for tattoo fixers. So we started had this mutual conversation about tattoos randomly. She then looked at my profile and saw that I worked on interior design shows. And then she we're, we're quite good mates now, and now I write DIY columns for the Sunday Times Home magazine. But then I was able to ring her up and go, will you be on my podcast? And she was like, hmm, no one's ever asked me to do that. Yeah, let's do it. So <clears throat> what I'm saying is just through creating a brand, a bubble around me that sums up what I do, I've been able to to access all these amazing people. And and it's sl- and it's slowly growing, and even now in this lockdown that we're in, which is which is hideous, to concentrate on um, even more so the podcast. People are at home and free and available to chat. So a bank of amazing interviews, but also I created a thing called the Daily DIY because I realised all you people are at home wanting to learn how to fix a kitchen cabinet door, wanting to learn how to shelf. So I have little bite-sized videos on my Instagram that go out Monday to Friday, and the response to that has been insane. You know, I've got people, companies calling me up saying, can we use your footage on the Saga website for oldies who are stuck at home for the next 12 months, three um, three months, 12 weeks. So, you know, oh by... God, don't say 12 going months. Going back to the podcast <laughs> thing. <laughs> no, don't say 12 months. But going back to that whole reason why I set the podcast, I created, I've, I've managed to create a which sums up everything I do, but also is a really interesting way of, of selling me and introducing me to, to so many amazing, amazing people, um, which I would never have done as an actor, if I'm being totally honest. Oh, so, I mean, I think for me and Helen, we were just, especially now, as you said, in as we're all in lockdown and unfortunately, especially within the sort of arts and entertainment industry has been hit incredibly hard with the lockdown, that there are going to be many, many people suddenly having to reevaluate their career choices and, and what they do going forward. So I think there's a lot that people can take from that. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. He's so positive. You're so, you know, brilliant. Well, I always think... Like, <laughs> there you go, I, you're just brilliant. Without, without being... I'm just brilliant. Well, it, well you want... It's my wife, that movie, but I don't know. <laughs> Say everything with a smile and just G them on a little bit. And also what I've realised is... If you ask somebody for help, generally they'll they want to give you it. And soon as I realised that, without taking advantage of anyone's offerings, but soon as I, I realised that, it, it opened up doors and allowed me to ask people, but also it meant people could ask me for help. The reason why I set up the DIY do is because people would ask me, how do you do this? How do you fix this? How do you do this? And I happily told them because I'm a bit of a DIY geek. But I think that's across the industry. So you've noticing it now. You know, my wife is doing so many courses, Zoom, like she's doing Pilates, she's doing yoga. She she did a, a ballet class with her friend who's on Broadway with the frozen stars of Broadway, you know, and she's in the Zoom meeting with them all doing this stuff. So, so many people are now offering their stuff out there albeit for free but actually they're getting stuff out of it themselves they're learn they're learning how to teach they're learning how to do online classes they're learning how to do how to reach out to people so i think however hideous this whole lockdown is i think a lot of people will come out of this hopefully 
with a lot more tools and and also like you said my realizing what actually can they offer and what and not actually is their job that they've been doing for the last however many years really making them happy and yeah. you know maybe they might be forced to do something else but also they might decide to go do you know what after i've been furloughed let's look into this and see actually i enjoyed doing this online thing instead or and i think people will be more open to the online world because they realize how easy it is and how you can still get benefit from being taught remotely so i think there'll be a big shift in people's choices totally well wayne mm. we we also like to ask our features what do they do that makes them feel good and that's for feel with two f's obviously because <laughs> we're on brand of course but what do you do like in your you know obviously you could be on a busman's holiday in your house all the time fixing things and doing things but what do you do that makes you feel can i d disclose a really sad guilty pleasure that i've just discovered i would love to know <laughs> share away <laughs> now this is gonna this is really sad right so on easter sunday i was putting the bins out and then I looked above my head and we've got this, I got a bird box about four years ago and it was a camera bird box that's rigged up and I put it in the wrong position and nothing was in there. And then I looked up as I was putting the bins out because it's directly above the side of the house where the bins are and a bird came out of here. So I ran upstairs, worked at how to wire it up and there's a blue tit in there and it's laid 10 eggs. And I'm like the big brother of big brothers now. Oh I like all the family. You're a twitcher. I'm a proper twitcher. And even, you know my wife. My wife's gorgeous, Anna. She's like, this wouldn't interest her at all. But we were sat YouTubing the gestation cycle of twi um, blue tits and how, how it should do. What should we do? And Anna went, what the hell have we done? What you have we become? rock and roll. We're, we're rock and roll. So I'm going to be totally honest. Now, this is really, because like you said, it's a busman holiday. I can go in my workshop and be build and make and paint and I've got a list of jobs that I'm excited to be making but actually every morning I turn on this little screen on my main comp on my on my TV and watch a bird like turning eggs and I can't, and also we set up a WhatsApp group for our street because we've got a lot of elderly on our street <laughs> and, I, and I put it on there oh, so it's called the Blytheville so um, um, Spring Watch and everyone's asking well, have they hatched yet how many eggs have we got we've named it it's Mama Blue she's called so this is <laughs> I'm just showing how sad I am in this lockdown scenario. Oh, but, uh, that's so yeah, cute. That's my You're guilty officially, pleasure. officially into birds now. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> She's still going there. She's, She's still going there. <laughs> she still wants that box to get ticked, and I'm like, girl, no. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, Wayne, oh. for sharing your journey with myself and Helen, and we're delighted to have you on the Featured in 15 Feel Good podcast. Oh, it's amazing. Yay. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. If any of your Featured in 15 listeners want to um, learn any DIY or listen to my podcast, then if they go to my website, my website is thetvcarpenter.com and there it has links to all my social medias, my Instagram, my Facebook, but also the DIY Doers Facebook group and the podcast. So, yeah, love to... to um, speak and contact with any of your featured and 15 gang thank you oh, thanks wayne